The Career Establishment's Talent Talk Asia podcast is brought to you in partnership with Vincere, the all-in-one CRM for ambitious recruitment businesses. Founded by Asia-based recruiters back in 2012, over a thousand recruitment companies choose Vincere to accelerate their growth. Whether your business is contract, temp, executive search or perm, if you're looking for a new breed of tech partner, talk to Vincere. Visit vincere.com io forward slash talent talk asia for an exclusive offer for all listeners of this podcast hi i'm andrea ross your host and in this series we feature some of the most successful talents from across the region to discuss the forces opportunities and challenges that are shaping the corporate landscape if you're keen to be a guest on the show then please reach out Welcome to the follow-up episode with Paul Endicott, founder and CEO of Grit Search. Now, find out today whether the goals he adamantly committed to in episode 17 were achieved. But before you do that, go back and listen to part one, episode 17. Now, in episode 17, which was recorded back in the midst of COVID, Paul set up a new search firm specialising in digital technology and transformation across Asia. And some would say he's a little bit mad. So we got to look inside the head of an entrepreneur on the brink of something special. He shared his goals for the business over the next six next six to 12 months, what his hiring needs would look like and how this tech business would disrupt the Asian recruitment industry. Paul is one of my most favorite people in this industry. He's empathetic. He's a visionary leader, which I can completely back up that claim in my show. So tune in to find out how. And he always makes time for people. I don't think there's ever a time I don't walk away from a conversation with him where I'm personally feeling pumped and full of new ideas for my own business. So as always, it was an absolute pleasure to have him back on the show. So this is what is in store for you today. What we've been working towards is a talent platform um, that we launched in. We had it kind of sandboxed with a few clients that were trialing it. Um, and we launched this officially um, with around a thousand talent profiles. So it's anonymized um, talent platform for digital and tech talent. Um, and the difference is it means that there's those frustrations that candidates have when they go through a process and they find out the salary isn't right in the end, right? Um, and there's biasy sometimes up front in terms of the type of people they, you know, that, that, that might shortlist them initially. Um, so we've built an anonymized talent platform. We've got around a thousand profiles on that and that's what we launched um, and we just made public access about two weeks ago. Enjoy the show. Hi, Paul. Hi, Andrea. <laughs> so let's do what we always do when we talk. How are you feeling out of 10 today? Uh, I think I'm a 8 out of 10 today. It's a pre- pretty good generally. Um, mm. Do you want me to qualify as to why? I was gonna, yeah, <laughs> I was going to say, how do you get from an 8 to a 10? What does 10 look like? I think 10 is <laughs> seriously difficult to get to. Um, it probably looks like everything is going perfectly um, and mm-hmm. the whole machine's working and everything's, you know, balanced on all sides. Um, So 
Close, but not quite there yet. Yeah, okay. But that's something to kind of aspire to, isn't it? Getting to a 10. Mm -hmm. Maybe you'll never get to a 10. Maybe that's the journey of life. Oh, I'm feeling very philosophical this morning. Um, So if listeners today haven't had a chance to listen to part one, which is episode 17 with Paul, where you came on the show a few months back when we're in COVID, we did this all over Zoom. Um, So I suggest anyone that hasn't listened to episode 17 should, first of all, before listening to this one. And we went over a number of goals that you were looking to achieve in the year. So we're now recording in February, hence why, you know, it's Chinese New Year, hence why I am in a Chongsan. I can't actually breathe right now. Um, But so today we're really going to go over whether you achieved what you said. We're really going to put you on the spot. Right. Okay. (laughs) so let's get let's just get straight into it. So let's go over the goals first of all. Um, so you said a new but experienced consultant coming in will double their revenue for the first three months of being in the business. Was that right? Is that have I got that correct? Yeah, uh, yeah. I think I said that um, a new consultant coming in should be doubling their revenue, as mm-hmm. in their salary um, in terms of revenue they contribute after three months in the business. Right. And I think looking back, things take a bit longer than, than necessarily expect. Okay. Um, but in general terms now, yes, for sure. Um, but I think when we recorded in March. Yeah, I think it was yeah, March. March yeah. time. Um, everything took a bit longer than, than we expected. In what way? Um, I think everything from working out which clients you want to work with. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're, we're building technology, so getting technology built, um, bringing on people. Um, What's everything the people side? Took... Did that take the longer part, the people side, in terms of I, uh, talking, attracting, then getting them actually on board? Yeah, to, to a degree. I was pretty fortunate and benefited from the fact that COVID did displace some people. Um, and mm. that gave me an opportunity to um, hire people sooner in, in some respects than maybe I would have done. Um, I think it was actually, though, then getting them on board. So by the time we'd, we'd actually got people on board and yeah. in place and got all the structure going and then started speaking to clients, it just takes a bit longer than, than you imagine. Yeah. Um, and at that point, I probably didn't have a point of reference. I'd been within a business that was working and had a brand and everything yeah. else. And then yeah. when you're building something, it just took a, a little bit longer. So would you would you have done that differently then if you were to do that again or do you think that is just the way that that will be it's I think um okay for, I I think it's the way it will be generally okay. Okay. Um, from work from speaking to people mm. um I think when it comes to tech which I know we we're, we're going to chat about later but when you're building a tech product there there's definitely things I would have done differently in terms of being on top of a roadmap and making sure we're hitting certain milestones to get things done sooner. Right. right? Um, So, you know, as opposed to, right, you want something perfect, it kind of needs to be good enough and then you A-B test and then, you know, and then so the progression should be a lot faster. Right. So it's more Um, of like a project management type of process in a way. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You said that the next six months would look like, and I'm going to quote all of them, tough and rewarding, Mm -hmm. hard work. Was it it that? Yeah, definitely tough and and rewarding. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Eight people in the company. Yep. Yeah, so we, we so where have are you at? Um, eight people in the company. So we we had we hit we hit all the milestones um, that that we'd set, which was good. So we've got six people in Singapore. We had two people up in KL, uh, more contracting. Um, so yeah, those, those milestones were were hit. Fantastic. Well done. Um, you said a culturally sound business, an environment where those eight people are enthused, see the opportunity, are feeling energized, making an impact clear on their direction and learning and growing I know it's pretty early to probably say with yeah. the but but what what have you put in place or what are you seeing that is on the right track for that being achieved 
culture is one of those that it's um it's probably hard to say okay um this is kind of the 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 way you're gonna set up a culture and i think what we've seen is is it evolve and i think the great thing when you're a startup is that you're in it together um so definitely from an engagement from a reward perspective you know um everyone is committed, hardworking, mm. and really bought into what we're doing as a business, right? Um, and I think that's really interesting because it's it, within Grit, our focus is to look at how can we bring better solutions to our customers and clients that operate within that technology and digital community. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think people really buy into that. So it's not about going out and transacting. I think everyone we've got in business is bought into our longer-term vision, which is to be the platform um, for companies in Asia going to hire digital and technology talent. Um, so, no, the commitment from everyone is is huge. So I'm really happy. I think we feel that it's kind of, uh, we built maybe a bit of a David Goliath mentality, right? How do we go out there and not necessarily disrupt? Because I think that's a, that's a massive word, um, but go out there and make a difference and mm-hmm. build a brand and build engagement. And that's what we're doing. So I think culturally people are engaged. Um, how? I, think, I want to go into that because mm. I think it's such a, I, I think that whole in, employee engagement piece is huge, yeah. right? Because it leads to so many great business outcomes. But when you say they're engaged, that's from the day they start. There's, you know, they understand their own, you know, the mission of the company, how they play a part in that role. And how do you yeah. keep that person engaged throughout their whole cycle with you? It's a really good question, Andrea. I think, and I'm just going to try and sort of break this down a bit. I think firstly, yes, you have to be very clear on what is the company looking to do? Yeah. Okay, so why, why is someone joining? Is it mm. because they just want a paycheck and they want to turn up? Mm. Um, or are they actually bought into the purpose of what, what you're trying to achieve as yeah. a business? Yeah. Um, and I think that's the first step. If you hire people that genuinely believe in, in what you're looking to do, then there's going to be a level of engagement and that makes it so much easier than someone just wanting a job. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think once they're in that job, it's really understanding, okay, how how do they specifically contribute in that role to that overall goal? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, so people need to be very clear around that. And I think that's something we've been very clear about in that people believe they're making a difference to the company, which yeah. in turn is making a difference to what it's you yeah. know look, looking to achieve yeah. with the environment. Um, I think the engagement key piece comes from just mutual respect. The, the guys work really well together. They spend a lot of time outside of work together. Um, okay. They share their own personal issues. Um, you know, they, they, it's beyond just work. Yeah. Yes, they come in and work, but yeah. there's, so there's a real bond then. There's there. There's a lot of trust uh, there. Yeah, then. a huge yeah. amount of trust. Yeah. Um, and a huge amount of recognition. Everyone kind of um, buoys each other up, right? I'm not going to say startups aren't easy. You know, they're challenging. Mm. There's, you know, th- problems that throw up that you don't necessarily always expect when you come in. It sometimes takes a bit longer for, for a consultant to build the relationships and work with the right clients. Um, but through those times, you need a team around you that are supportive, mm. um, that understand kind of what you're going through, that mm. encourage you. And yeah. I think that's what ties into the into the culture piece and the engagement piece. Because if you have that and people believe that they're actually making contribution, but they actually are recognized for the contribution they're yeah. making, which I think is the biggest thing. Yeah. People might know they're contributing, but if people don't recognize the contribution, then yeah. you know, then people can get a bit of disengagement. Um, so I, th- I think that's something, to be fair, we've done, I'd like to say, very well. Um, and I think the culture is one of the strongest aspects of our, of our business right now. And that's hugely important for us to you know, really cultivate and grow as yeah. we as we build that it comes from everyone scale. as opposed to just the leader as well. Exactly. Right? That you can Correct. see that all encompassing. Yeah. So um 
So what else was my other question? I had clients, so we also had on the goals that clients um, clients are engaging, they're happy and enjoying the interactions. Yeah. So how have you been able to kind of measure that as a goal? Yeah, I'm kind of smiling a bit because I think when I started, um, we worked with clients and a lot of it was looking, okay, this is where we want to operate. This is where we want to specialize. So these are the kind of clients we want to operate with, mm. um, you know, the, the, the bigger brands and trying to engage them. And um, to be frank, there were situations where actually it was like, you know what, this isn't rewarding work. Um, it's quite transactional. Interesting. So what you kind of, okay. you know, what, what, what I found quite early on, and this is probably where it went a bit slower in the first couple of months, was that you're interacting with brands that are very well known. They actually don't need you as much. Okay, so they've got their own TA teams. Um, there's a level of process they have within that. You're competing with five other agencies. They've got their own TA, you know, their, their own internal team that's looking to hire. And then you're an add-on. So you're not really um, so much of a partner then. You correct. are an add-on. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Now, great in terms of a strategy, I think, you know, every business should look at a mix of brands they're working with because mm. those brands are great to be talking to the market to mm. um, and getting that engagement from those types of talent you want to um, attract but they're not always the best businesses to work with. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what we found early on was pivoting away from those businesses made sense. Um, you know, right now, 90% of the clients we work with, we work with are exclusive or one of two at, at, at the most. You know, the majority of clients we tend to work with are, are kind of on an exclusive basis. And how have you managed to secure that in a time where it's pretty tough? Every recruiter's after every scrap. Organizations know that. How was that, you know, how have you put that strategy into place? Um, a lot of that is around, it sounds kind of cliche, but it is, is around building relationships and it's actually getting to know the key stakeholders. You know, I, I think a, a lot of people will just focus on dealing with a TA and transacting and sending oh, a CV God, or seeing, you know, like seeing an opera, you know, ju just, just doing that. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think with a lot of the clients we work with, it's interacting with, okay, who are the influencers and who are feeling the pain points, right? Mm. And building that relationship with them and actually showing there's value, which doesn't always mean, you know, taking a job and focusing on a job straight away. Mm -hmm. It's kind of giving them insights in terms of what's going on in the market, yeah. um, you know, what their competitors are doing yeah. um, and, and really understanding, okay, what are their challenges and what is their future roadmap? So generally it's taking a step back to a certain degree where actually, you know, I don't care if you have a job right now. I want to mm. work with you over time. What I do know is you're a growing business and I want yeah. to understand, okay, where are you growing and what is that longer term opportunity look like for you? And what does that mean in terms of skill sets you'll need to achieve those goals? If you understand that with a company, um, then you can add a huge amount more value because even before they necessarily need or, or have written a job description for someone, if you know where they're going, it's worth you catching up with this person. And then they can see you more as a partner. Yeah. Um, and so, so with that, obviously that means if you're building that relationship, you're providing value to them in the form of content or information or insights. So are you saying then as a business, you're spending quite an awful lot of time at getting that content and, and having that information so that you can provide that extra value? Because I think one thing that most HR complain about mm. is – if I get another recruiter, call me about just talking about jobs. So mm. my advice to most recruiters is just don't ever call a new client and ask for jobs. You know, you, you're trying to get into a bed with a client before you've even done foreplay. Yeah. Like just, you know, you've got to kind of schmooze and date for yeah, a yeah. hell of a long time to build that trust. Why are they going to give that to you? Mm. So so f for you in your business, where are you getting that information? How is that? How are you getting curious about that and yeah. making that as part of ingrained in what you provide? I mean, we, we only operate, and it's, it's a broad area, but kind of in, in one area. And I think the first thing, um, you know, we, we did was focus on 
let's say hypothetically we we're working with an e-commerce area mm -hmm. it's really getting deep into that area and understand okay what are the drivers within that um and then building that network within that space and mm -hmm. The encouraging, I think if you have credibility um, and you have knowledge around that space, mm. then you benefit from referrals and someone saying, listen, I met this person. Yeah. And I think during COVID, this was, you know, this was definitely apparent because there's a lot of senior people out there that people mm. just didn't have the time or weren't taking the time to yep. meet, right? They, yep. they were kind of like, okay, well, I don't have a job for them, yeah. so I'm not going to meet them, right? And it's interesting because that cycle, that has happened. I mean, we, we've been in recruitment mm. a long time. Every single downturn, the same thing happens with senior people that get let go that not many recruiters talk to them. Yeah. They yeah. leave them and then they pop up somewhere and all of a sudden they're getting calls from recruiters. Yeah. So what what made you decide to do to go against that grain? I think in terms of meeting with people. Yeah, taking the time for those people that are I out mean, there in the market. To be honest, it's something I've always encouraged people to do, whether yeah. it's a downturn or not, because, you know, 90% of the market will not meet with a senior person unless they actually have a job for them. Um, that and just, that's that actually just a, really riles me up. Yeah. <laughs> I can feel myself yeah. getting angry just <laughs> thought of that topic. <laughs> but the reality is, right, that's where you make a difference and what kind of impact do you want to make. Mm. Now, um, whether you end up giving that, you know, placing that person in a job, they will go somewhere and you will have either built a reputation with that mm. person or made an impact with that person yeah. or been memorable um, through that interaction, which means that they may hire their own team, or they'll have other peers I recommend you to. So a lot of our time, um, when we're looking to build a brand, and I think this goes for any company, is actually, who is it that you want to, and where is it that you want to position yourself within mm. a market? Mm. Um, so your earlier question was, okay, do we spend a lot of time building contact, yeah. content? content? No, we don't. Okay. Um, what we do do is spend a lot of time meeting with people within the areas that we want to focus mm -hmm. on. Because... To my mind, that's even richer. more valuable, yeah, right? Anyone can see, okay, there's great. There's you, you can see that this company has got funding or, well, actually, yeah, I can see that because it's been all over the news. Yeah. But if you're speaking to someone that's in the market or yeah. a CEO that's run a business for a while, what's yeah. their perspective? Where yeah. do they see the opportunity? Those are the kind of, um, that's the kind of information that's relevant to people. I think um, so. And I also think it's easier to translate that information to another person you're storytelling with. I mean, we all know that when we're, influencing if we use business storytelling it's it's extremely persuasive and it's much easier to translate that if you just had a conversation with someone yesterday as opposed to just some hard content you know poll that we've just done on LinkedIn and it yeah, says exactly. this you know it just has a little bit more weight to it yeah um you you also looked at when you're so so you feel then that, that goal of clients are engaged we're happy they're enjoying your interaction so you said you've moved away from those accounts which are add-ons you're not really that much of a partner and you, so do you feel that you're in that nice space where you're dealing with clients that actually you wanted to deal with as opposed to having you know if you're working for a full big corporate where you don't have the um autonomy to make those decisions do yeah. you, how do you feel now that you you're in that place where you can deal with who you want to deal with yeah I think, uh, yeah, I, I think, okay, there's two things here. One, we, we've got pretty um, large aspirations and ambitions for what we want to achieve within, within GRIP. Now, that means there is a longer-term enterprise play that we will want to focus on. Um, my view is I just think that that kind of work is possibly the hardest, most demoralizing kind of work within yep. recruitment. So if you're yep. working with a large financial institution, you're working with a large MNC, and kind of you're just a vendor yeah. and just churn CVs, mm. there's no, you know, there's not as much value there. 
Now, yeah. I actually think, and, and one more thing, we're look, we, I, I don't think that's the best solution for the client or for the people mm. who are within that, which is why you see so much churn within recruitments, mm. particularly at the consultancy levels, that actually decide, you know what, recruitment's not for me. That's yeah. probably because they're not actually yeah. doing recruitment that yeah. we think of as recruitment. So I think there's a there's kind of a tech solution that you can automate a lot of that process where you shouldn't necessarily be needing to have people sat in desks doing that. I think it's a massively inefficient way for a company to run anyway um, within that larger larger scale operation. Well, I'm going to ask you more about that tech solution mm. l- later on that. I'm just going to tick off these goals and then I'm going to get into um, – what that large aspiration looks like as well. You also put on the goal gaining referrals to both clients and candidates because they're doing a good job. I think we are, I think we you you answered that question already in, yeah. in your last thing. You also put launched one oh this it ties up quite nicely, launched one or two tech mm. solutions and be in a position that you would be in the market and clients using that and bring in scalable value. So can you share a little bit more as to whether that was achieved? Yeah. And go into a little bit um, more detail about what those two tech solutions look like. Yeah. So we, we launched Grit um, with Grit Search, which is very similar to all your um, traditional contingent retain firms, just yeah. focused within digital and tech. Yeah. Um, we then had COVID, uh, the whole COVID situation um, happen, which, you know, was exceedingly tough. And I think one of the encouraging things, this probably ties into the team. We then launched a, a platform called Freshly Baked. Um, yes, I love that. No. Yeah. I, I remember it all the time. It's brilliant. Yeah. And it was great. And it was something, it's one of those projects that the whole team got together, right? So tell um, us about it. Tell us about Freshly Baked. So it's basically just a way in which, okay, how can we, the, the concept we had around the team discussion was, okay, there, there's a lot of people out of work right now. Um, and a number of people within my team had either been impacted or they knew people close to them that had been impacted. And there was a lot of information flying around, around actually um, talent that are looking for jobs, but it wasn't particularly searchable. Um, so we just had a session one morning thinking about, okay, as a, as a business, right, given we've got some tech expertise internally, not mm. me, but like our, our head of mm. product and so on was, how can we build something that's really going to help these guys? Um, we had a brainstorming session and within two weeks, we, we'd managed to build and launch um, a site called FreshlyBaked.io that took all of and aggregated all of the talent was out there that enabled companies to search it for free um, and access a LinkedIn or email those di- those people directly. Of any, of any candidate skill set? Where where they had publicly posted their profiles. So right, but it could saw, be anyone. It could be a PA. It could correct, be a secretary. Yeah, it could yeah, be yeah, anyone. Yeah, yeah. So, and that was really cool. Um, and it Very was really, cool. you know, interesting to do and, and just felt quite rewarding. So we have that. And that's, that's something that just runs organically right now. Um, the, when you say that runs organically, so that means that a client can literally just log in and, and do that. They yeah, don't, don't need, even need to, to be... log in. It's an open access, open wow. access platform. So, and uh, Singapore Institute of Management, that have a retraining program, just partnered us around it. So we just announced that uh, about six weeks well ago, done. something like that. Well, I was going to say, I thought um, some sort of government would get... Yeah. We'll back that because yeah. that's a really helpful initiative. And that's something we want to invest some more time in as we go. So that was probably the first thing we launched. In um, August, we then launched a um, service, which is a recruitment as a service option. So this is geared towards high growth companies going through um, scale, um, mm-hmm. but it's not necessarily linear scale. Mm-hmm. Um, so we launched that and we built um, a light ATS, applicant tracking system that enables companies. So effectively, they can outsource their hiring to us on a flat monthly fee. We can give them the tracking platform within that and basically do their hiring for them on a month on month on basis. So wow. Um, so so talk me through why that's a month by month. I mean, I, don't, I just want to know why you came up with that. What are the benefits to that? I mean, uh, this is something we've seen um, within Europe. There's a few companies doing it in Asia. Um, and fundamentally, 
when you look at a high growth company or mm -hmm. a company that's going through scale and let's say they've just raised one, two million bucks and they need to hire 20 people. Yeah. It's not linear hiring that they're going to be doing yeah. over the next two years. Yeah. Right. So an RPO doesn't necessarily work. Um, they may not, right. you know, it doesn't make sense. Right. So an RPO, you'd put them all on, um, on site for a project, but they wouldn't be hiring them all 20 at the same time. Is that what you're saying? I mean, that normally you look at your traditional RPOs, you've yeah. got to commit for one or two years. Uh, okay. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, to get those kind of cost savings and then they provide okay. that. Okay, wouldn't um, work. Yeah. And then mm -hmm. the second um, thing is that, okay, you may not need to hire an HR or a talent acquisition person because you don't know if that talent acquisition is going to be ongoing for a long period of time. Mm. So you're limited or you can use recruitment firms. But recruitment firms generally are expensive, yeah. right? If you're hiring yeah. 20 people. Yeah. So that's kind of where, where the concept comes from. Um, so it was enabling right. them to outsource that for a flat monthly fee that they could budget for. Um, and then we provide them with the tech that would sit at the back end that would enable them to structure and see the flow of candidates. And, you know, so it's effectively an applicant tracking system that sits within that. And would that specifically be for the digital and technology profiles? It depends on the client. So we have had a few clients now come out to us where they need to, it would actually cut across multiple disciplines. Okay. They would tend to be product-based businesses, right? So our proposition is very much about we identify talent that can build your product and then commercialize your product. Okay. So it's f through that full suite. Okay. Um, and typically, if they're looking for a finance person, they will look for someone from a kind of similar kind mm. of startup mm. um, area. So that enables us to leverage that network. So you're still within actually that. within that target base. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Okay. How has that business been going so far for you? No, that's been that's been good. It's um you know it's a growing business. Um, within eight weeks, we we had sort of no three four clients on it um and it's going into into this year um and it's kind of just recurring revenue which is which is good but that revenue will drop off you'll have some churn because yeah. fundamentally at the end of a period their hiring's done then yeah. you need to find someone else but it enables us to give another option to clients i love um, that what do you call that what's the what's that so we, we call it grit ras which is recruitment as a service yeah right, got it. so um yeah, so that, that was one technology that we launched in August. And then the what we've been working towards is a talent platform um, that we launched in. We had it kind of sandboxed with a few clients that were trialing it. Um, and we launched this officially um, with around a thousand talent profiles. So it's an anonymized um, talent platform for digital and tech talent. Um, mm -hmm. And the difference is it means that there's those frustrations that candidates have when they go through a process and they yeah. find out the salary isn't right in the end, mm -hmm. right? Um, and there's biasy sometimes up front in terms of the type of people they, you know, yeah. that, that, that might shortlist them initially. Yeah. Um, so we've built an anonymized talent platform. We've got around a thousand profiles on that and that's what we launched um, and we just made public access about two weeks ago um, and we'll be pushing that hard. So that's, that's something we see that can bring greater value to companies. Um, the fee rates, if they hire through the platform, are sixty percent lower than than traditional fees, um, so, so which is quite like significant. The, so it's kind of like the concept of the freshly baked, mm. in terms of that it's a free access and people, and it's bias free, obviously, because you know, you, so every, so a candidate would upload their details on there. Yes, yeah, they need to be then. So it's curated pool of talent. So we would approve the talent. Right. Um, okay. You know, if we feel they've got the right skills within right. the areas in which we recruit and our clients are hiring. Yeah. Um, companies then can come in, they can search the talent and then they have to request the talent if they want to see their details. How do so, they stop? How do they, if you looked at you covering everything up then that you can't kind of work out that person works. Yeah. At. So you can't see the companies, you can't see 
um, the the names, you can the see the industries, or... you can see the visa status, you can search by notice period, you can search by salary expectation, you can't search by salary. So you wouldn't know um, their nationality or anything? No. Oh, see, no. I'm loving that. Yeah. I'm loving the fact that, especially within technology, let's be honest, we know that there can be so much bias for some yeah, clients yeah. go, we don't want certain people from certain nationalities. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. And it doesn't, I mean, let's be honest, it doesn't remove the whole bias through the process, no, but, but it, it enables them to see, yeah. Mm. So once they see the CV, if they like that, mm. but it puts the power in, in front of the talent. And I think this is yeah. one thing that we're, as a business, when we started, it was very much being a talent first um, consultancy, right? Or, or firm. And this, this enables comp companies that effectively on this platform apply to the talent. We like mm -hmm. your profile from what we can see. Mm -hmm. Here's the salary level of the position. So at least they know that up front. Here's mm -hmm. the job and this is who we are. Mm -hmm. And then the talent decides, okay, whether they're interested or not. And if they're interested, it becomes transparent. And then we get involved and we then manage that process. So we'll manage the interviews. Um, you know, we'll, we'll do, do the feedback. We'll um, negotiate right, so you're still the managing that process yeah. afterwards. When you put them on the database, are you doing a pre-screening face-to-face yeah. or? No, no. So a lot so of the time it won't always be face-to-face. -face. And this is where right. we're looking to build algorithms to look at, okay, what typically is the right type of candidate? So the aim for us is to build scale and build a, a larger marketplace mm. and longer term to build, it, it becomes a community. So we're looking at how we can drive content into that group of people, mm. how we can give them advice around their career, how we can update them on, on in terms of what is going on within those markets. Um, and we're kind of incubating it in Singapore and then looking at it to, to go across the other markets as well. Um, so, you know, that that's the focus. We just hired a commercial director who joins us as soon as we get the visa approved. Um, you know, he's got quite a lot of experience from a large recruitment firm um, who actually then ran... You don't actually know. <laughs> I don't think so. I mean, you're pretty well networked. Um, so, so when was when's that getting announced? Then, as soon as well, hopefully in the next two to three weeks. Okay, um, but that person has a recruitment background, but then spent the last three years managing taking a traditional service solution mm -hmm. into an online platform solution okay. Um, okay, in cool. a different market. So really looking forward and excited to what they they can bring to the table and the ideas that they have. Well, um, in the show notes, by the time this is aired they would be on board so we'll put that, we'll put that name in the show notes so at least you've got you know that contact there for people if they wanted to reach out sure yeah that would be really nice so there's a thousand candidates on that database right now yeah on the on the platform right now that's amazing and have yeah. you got clients so you've got clients already signed up that are interested in that yeah so we've got a number of clients using it right now um mm. and basically going through that process but i think it's, as with anything um you know there's always going to be an educational element of getting people to do to change their behavior from what they yes, used to very much yeah, so. to actually using something that could be better and, and demonstrating the value yeah. and that's one thing you can't do everything you know mm. and that's one thing i've certainly learned over the last coming up for a, a year now you need people that are going to focus on that and that's why it's really important that we brought in quite a senior um, commercial director to actually run this yeah. as a business yeah. um and that will be their, their core yeah. focus so how yeah. do we bring the absolute most value and demonstrate that value to client communities and, and talent um, moving forward. So what has that meant for you then in terms of kind of your role then? You know, because before a year ago, it's kind of, I'm doing everything. Yeah, so no, I'm still kind of doing everything. <laughs> where do you think you're going to be putting your kind of priorities, I suppose? Um, I so, so a lot of my priorities are now making sure that everyone within their roles has what they need to be successful within those okay. roles okay? okay so we we've effectively got three kind of core businesses and mm -hmm. over time now we're beginning to get more structure around those what i need to ensure is that 
um, and I'm stealing someone else's words here that I've heard loads of times, is, is trying to remove the obstacles that are standing in their way to enable them to be successful, yes, right? Absolutely. So longer term, we, we think we'll, yeah. Um, so, you know, it's making sure they have the resource, it's making sure they're clear on the direction and it's probably taking time and you know what I need to do more of is take time to lift my head out of the weeds mm. and look at okay where are we going as a business right yeah. what have I committed to the people that are joining yeah. the business and how do I ensure that we remain on track and to our investors yeah. and to our advisors right and that, also that ties also into wh wherever you're going what's their career path in that because correct. I think you know that whole life cycle of an employee is you know you're onboarding you're you want to get them to perform and, uh, and exceed expectations but they also need a career path and a roadmap so yeah. wherever you're taking them is that being communicated constantly that in a year's time we're going to stretch you to move here yeah yeah because that's what exactly. keeps people in a job that's what people no, stay in an organization long term is that they, that that mission that strategy ties into what i'm going to contribute yeah. to that right no exactly. just the early days yeah, yeah. And sometimes people sort of will sell you the you know sell you the dream when you first come on board and then kind of six months later you're kind of left yeah, there yeah. right no i agree and i think it's something that in previous companies I've always said to people joining right is that and if it's someone that's coming new into recruitment mm. my job is to ensure or our job as a company is to ensure that you've got the skills we develop you you know we grow you and what i would hope is in a year's time my problem then becomes retaining you yeah. Okay, so my problem is then yes. how do I ensure yes. that you're continually engaged and growing, yes. right? And that that's what I would rather have, yeah. right? So so anyone that's worked for me in the past or works for me now, it's very much, okay, I'm going to hire you to do this, right? But the problem should be if you're doing right and you're successful and I'm successful at yeah. doing my job with you, yeah. then my problem should be keeping you in that job. Yes. Because if you're doing really well, others are going to yeah. want you. Right? It's not so even I in that job, sure. right? It, it could be Correct. internal mobility. It could exactly. be stretching them on an assignment that might be developing them to yeah. take on other managers. It's, it's just having that focus, that intentional focus on each individual and how that aligns with that strategy, isn't no, exactly. it? Yeah. So, so, so that's a natural thing for you, I know, in terms of kind of that people management side. Mm. So how, you, how do you feel then of sort of dedicating that time to also making sure that these three businesses, and can I just double check, you've got Grit Rass, Freshly Baked. What was the third one? Yeah, Sorry. so Freshly Baked wouldn't be a business line wouldn't right now. So, got, yeah, so Grit Search, Grit Rass, and then the Grit Talent Platform. Are the, are the three kind of businesses that we have right. we have right now. The freshly it, baked is something we will definitely look at though in terms of just investing a bit, it's something that the guys are all equally passionate about yeah. and it's something that, okay, we probably need to put some more focus and time into that right. at some point. Right. Um, the challenge with everything is just resource and time though yeah, with, with everything we're doing at the minute. Um, is everyone pretty stretched at the moment? I mean, it's, it sounds like there's a so. lot of stuff going on yeah. for quite a small yeah. head counts at the moment. I think, I think um, yes, to, to a degree, but um, <laughs> if they were sat here, hopefully they'd agree, but in a kind of healthy <laughs> way. But I think it's yeah. one of those things that Within any business, you don't want to overhire no. early on. Yeah. Um, so you've got to hit that kind of tipping point. Yeah. Now, we are in a position that now we're about to hire another four or five jobs. Um, so we're, we're in the process of doing that. So we'll onboard this, um, you know, this lady for the, for the commercial director role, for the platform. Um, we're bringing engineering. So right, right now, a lot of our engineering has been outsourced. We're going to bring that in-house. Okay. We're going to hire, you know, an engineer. We're hiring. Which makes sense because you're moving to it's more of a technology recruitment exactly. business. It's not yeah. just a recruitment business. It's you're using the platform as exactly. being the main kind Correct. of the main thing. Correct. Okay. Um, so we're hiring a growth marketer because um, a lot of that focuses around content, lifestyle marketing, mm. CRM, et cetera, which is very different to what we've done 
you know, what I'm used to. Um, and then we'll probably look to expand the consulting team here. Um, and then we just incorporated a, a company in Malaysia. Um, so we're building out the, the team there as well. And I want to know a little bit about that in a second. I want to talk to you about failure. Did anything go wrong last mm. year that perhaps something that you would have done differently or that actually you were quite happy that it was a failure? Because I think I'm quite a big believer that failure is a good thing <laughs> if you can look at it in a different, if you can yeah, yeah. reframe yeah. You know, you know, learn things from that. Yeah, I, I'd be lying if I said everything went absolutely <laughs> perfectly. Um, I think, I think it's been, a, you know, a real learn. I think, okay, the the basic stuff has been fine um, in terms of getting a, a a business up. But I think when you're trying to find new solutions and explore, okay, what does that solution look like for clients? Mm. I mean, we had um, one situation early doors when we set up RAS, and effectively we overcommit. Right. Okay, and very quickly it was like shit. Okay, we, are yeah. we gonna? Are we gonna? Give everything if away. We're, if we're if we if we well kind of get, but also overcommitting in terms of we didn't have enough necessary resources ah, to be able to fulfil what we committed right, to. Right, right, right. Um, and um, quickly, it's trying to adapt to that situation where you don't lose the client. Right. Mm. Um, we mm. weren't able to deliver on what we said we would deliver. Um, but it was really important that we maintain the relationship with, you know, with the client mm. and, and that's having that conversation. So I think that was a learn for us in terms of looking at, you know, what do we really have and what's coming in? And that's where success can lead to failure. And what yeah. I mean by that is we were fortunate that we were getting a lot of business and you didn't want to turn business away yeah. um, because you saw the opportunity there, yeah. but then you don't have enough resource to deliver against everything you yeah. have. So I think that was, you know, that, that was um, certainly one of the things I think within building a tech product, um, I could have done that better, even though whilst I'm not building, but in terms of moving faster, um, a lot of it has been around, you know, I, I've, I've needed to learn, okay, what does a tech roadmap look like? How should we be measuring that? What are your release dates? And everything actually doesn't need to be perfect. Um, you're always thinking this is going to be perfect, but that's not fast enough, right? To in, to okay, enable to get the test, it needs so to you, be good you enough. You thought it needed to be because you're not from a tech background, mm. but actually, what you've learned is that there's a certain level that it's okay that you can still run yeah. with that, and then modify yeah. as you go and along. And you should run with that because then that enables you to modify or not build features that you actually think are going to be really okay. useful. Okay. Then actually, they're not. And this and is the thing: it's getting away from yeah, mm. and it's getting away from what you think. You know, yeah. it's not, I think this would be great, right? Yeah. And then you go through a process and you realize, well, actually, um, it, it's maybe not needed. Interesting. So it's taking the feedback. I think you've got to be a lot more open to insights and feedback and make sure you're getting the feedback rather than developing something that you think is right versus actually yeah. what the market needs. Yeah, um, yeah. So that, that's been... That's really... That's, but that, isn't that interesting as a kind of learning point because mm. actually that could be relevant to anything in your life. I think you always try and produce a perfect piece of work or an yeah. approach, but actually if you can be quite honest and say, this is where we're at now, it's the lighter version and we'll see how that looks in the next few months. It's a bit like the gaming industry, right? Yeah, yeah. When correct. they release a game, they ship it and see, um, you know, whether they get feedback from people in the market on what worked, what didn't, then they yeah. modify it again. That's apparently what my husband tells me and my my sons tell me, yeah. which I think is a great concept. And no, it's exactly. kind of what, you, what you're kind of experiencing. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. sort of kept checking it was still on. Um, so I think that's just quite an interesting thing. So those are kind of, you've learned from that then. you that, Is yeah. that something you'll bring into the future in how you no, approach No, for sure. Things? But I, I think I'll always be, there, there's a saying that said, um, 
fool learns from his own mistakes a wise man learns from others right mm. um i definitely fall into the fool category and i'd rather make mistakes because i think mm. that's something you learn a hell of a lot more from yeah than if you see someone make them and try and adapt now absolutely yeah. you know i'm not saying i'm i'm, I'm not gonna try and take prevent take that on i prevent yeah. as much as i can but yeah. i think through going through a process where you fail you yeah. improve yourself and you learn a lot more because you feel the pain yeah, um, or absolutely. you feel the missed opportunity yeah. versus seeing someone else do it. Yeah. I think that emotional kind of impact that has when something doesn't go right and you yeah. feel responsible for it. Yeah. And time um, to reflect on it as well. Correct. I think if you're, everything's going well and it's success, you don't always reflect on it with failure it hits you straight away and it's kind of, you know, what did I what did I do wrong? What did we do wrong? How can we correct that? It makes yeah. you stronger, doesn't it? No, correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it just, yeah, I, I think it makes you want to ensure that doesn't happen again. Yeah, it's interesting. So. I've, um, I've purchased, it's taken a year to purchase because um, I bought a failure toy, which is um, a company in the US, no, Canada actually, that produce these amazing kind of um, games that you use for leadership workshops. And one of them is called the fa the failure toy. Okay. And you do it in groups with it, you know, teams or leaders, etc. And it's all about failure. And yeah. it, it's, it is such a big subject because it's, you know, there's resilience there it's collaboration it's mm. how you give like you're saying before about how we feed how you listen to other people's feedback on that and mm. you know it is such a, an area that you can't hide away from yeah and I think a lot of people faced failure last year and are they learning from that and bringing that into 2021 that they can be stronger with it yeah. right it yeah. doesn't have to be this no, kind of dirty word I find, yeah. it, I, find, I find it quite an interesting subject right let's bring it up to date current state how have you been juggling a bigger team, you know, a bigger mm. workforce compared to when we caught up a few months back. How are you mm. kind of dedicating that time to people? Coaching provides the space for professionals to take time to hit the pause button, reassess, make decisions, commit to new action and move forward with clarity. To enjoy a 10% discount on our coaching programs, reach out and quote the word talent. Talent Talk Asia is brought to you in partnership with Vincere, the all-in-one CRM for ambitious recruitment businesses. Visit vincere.io forward slash Talent Talk Asia for an exclusive offer for all listeners of this podcast. Um, I mean, I think we, <laughs> I'm, I'm getting there. Um, it was interesting because obviously I had a reasonably... Um, large responsibility in my last job and yeah. but the difference is you have all yeah, the structural true. pieces around you yeah. right so you can delegate and yeah. what I've learned is that um you need to be able to delegate but also you need the right resources to delegate to um I think one is that I've been very involved in recruiting and I'd encourage any director MD in the you know that's been through the market over the last don't sit behind your desk, yeah. get out there, meet your clients, right? Try recruiting yeah. a job, yeah? yeah? And understand the challenges that people go through. Um, but it also gave me that kind of high because actually you brought me back to that point when I went into recruitment, placing a job, super cool, right? It's, it it's feels fun. great to, yeah. to, to place a job. But it's, it's then being able to step back and mm. do that. So I think in terms of coming back to your question, um, we're getting there. We're in a position where at the moment, um, you know, a lot of the admin has done by ourselves in terms of branding CVs, um, you know, updating candidates, um, doing literally all the, the, the full 360 cycle, you know, the finance piece, the AP, the AR, um, right. you know, I'm doing a, a lot of that. And that's something that we're beginning to build now. So with the Malaysia team in place, you know, we've, we've got a good, strong administration So what are the Malaysia function. team doing? They're doing the admin side of it. So we'll, we've set up Malaysia to focus on three areas. So administration, 
to continue building out our research function and then talent management. So those kind of three areas will set there and then we'll look to roll out our recruitment solutions in Malaysia, you know, in the medium term as well. Okay, so we'll, okay. we'll build a team in Malaysia focusing on that. Okay. Um, but Malaysia will, let, you know, act as a operation, regional operation centre okay. um, for the business as we grow, grow across the well, region. Well, good from a cost-based um, perspective, isn't it? It is. And, and not I too think fast also, you to pop up. Yeah. Well, mm. if you can leave Singapore. Yeah. But... <laughs> In the future. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think also, you know, there's an incredible amount of talent there as well. Um, yeah. So really good people. Yeah. And, um, so, you know, we'll, we'll build the team up there and that will actually give us that support around that. So finance administration, you know, some of the HR functions will yeah. be up there. Um, and then the uh, talent management and research. Um, so uh, incredible talent. So really looking forward to that. So that, that'll, that'll kick off and that'll give us then a lot more time to kind mm. of step away and focus mm. on the other areas mm. um as i say for me i think the last two months have been pivotal in terms of really getting our pillars in place that then helps me manage better because i think am i managing to the optimum i could be managing in terms of the team and really spending enough time with everyone yeah. probably probably not because yeah. i'm still in a 360 role yeah. at the minute as well yeah. um and that's not something i also want to step away from straight mm. away um mm. So it's about finding that time to do both then. Correct. Yeah. Mm. And just having those people around you that you can trust and are clear on their roles and that, you know, mm. will will deliver against those objectives. So we had to mm. define what we need. Right. At the, a lot of the time when you, you, you're running, um, it's kind of OK, well, I can do this. I can do that. And I, I think that's the thing. It's um, now we're at that point where actually we are in a strong place. I mean, the, the good thing is we've been cash flow positive since July. That's so, awesome. you know, well so that's that's yeah. that's good um Brilliant. we we are in a position now where we're scaling we've got the funds to scale yeah. um and that enables us then to invest in those areas that at that time weren't as important as putting runs on the board right um right. so no so we i'm, I'm getting getting there um, yeah. but there's more to do yeah i love it so what challenges what challenges occurred during the last few months and how did you overcome them is there anything that's popped up its head in the last few months that you've kind of oh that's a bit different um Outside of the, I, th I think the tech piece has been um, certainly more, that, that's been probably my biggest learning curve. Um, but it's been super interesting as well in terms of really understanding, okay, how do you build a tech product, right? Oh my God, right? I have no um, idea. How did you learn that though? Was it sort of people that you continue to reach out to or have mentors in that space? I know you, had, I know you mentioned last, on the first episode mm. was um, you had angel investors that were, yeah. Were from that background, yeah. although but the we had still... so we we still yeah so we we've got there they're, and they've been super supportive so uh, big thanks to to them. Um, what we also had those we appointed technical advisors so like a chief product officer and okay. a um, a head of engineering sort of AI machine learning um, who's based out of Seattle and they've spent a lot of time um, with us and our offshore engineers in terms of building that. But then we also hired Mark um, so uh, Mark Lee's our head of product who's ex Uber and Beam. And I've learned, uh, you know, a significant amount from him in terms of how do you actually build a product roadmap and put that together. Mm. So I'm not building a lot of my time, though, is trying to facilitate and make sure that he's got the resources or the cash mm. or the funding mm. to build out what we need at any given time. Um, so that's that's been something that I found both challenging and also really interesting just in terms of switching my mindset yeah. from running a traditional recruitment business yeah, um, to actually... How can we build something that's really scalable? So and what I want to know is how do you get? How are you finding those? Is, 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 has this has have these business lines been prompted from clients giving you feedback that this is not what we want? Like mm. you know, to me they're quite 
distinct businesses. Yeah. They are quite futuristic. Mm. Um, they're, they're sort of, you know, quite different how, how you're positioned, especially the, um, like the RPO model one. Is that group RAS? Mm. Yeah. That's just, it's quite interesting in terms of the sort of the um, pricing model. So where is it driven? Where are these ideas for these businesses come from? Um, other people. Or other businesses I've seen that yeah, are in okay. more mature markets, um, okay, okay. where they they are actually going through a cycle that these kind of services have have begun to um, expand or become kind of um, or dominate certain mm. industries or countries. Um, and I think what you see in Asia is that um, generally you look at most industries; um, they tend to go through similar cycles because as companies emerge, as they go, you know, middle income rises, as companies mature and grow within certain areas, they adopt strategies that are quite similar from from more mature markets. Mm. Um, I think the challenge in Asia is that you have to execute locally across a lot of different cultures if you're really going to be yeah. a broad Asia player. Yeah. Um, so. That's something that's different to building a tech solution in the US yeah. um, or in Europe. You know, yeah. there, there are market differentiators, mm. um, you know, from a cultural and an organizational perspective when you look at the Asian market as a whole. Um, but the ideas have, have kind of come from there and also through speaking to clients and actually what, you know, what, what do they require? What their um, yeah. And I suppose it's my own experience having um, worked in the industry for such a long time. I, I think there's a lot of frustration you can see within recruitment and the models haven't always changed. No, um, and we apply, the same. Yeah, so we apply the same thing, which doesn't mean it's not going to work, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, clearly it is, and, and companies are making a lot of money. And yeah. But it's also, okay, what choice are we giving clients? Mm. Um, but the challenge is then making that behavioral switch yes, and also making so. sure that your solution is relevant. Yeah. Um, so... That, that's going to be our biggest challenge moving forward. And I suppose that, for you then is always making sure that you are quite client focused because that's what fuels those ideas, right? In yeah. terms of evolving those businesses. Yeah. If you and were quite internally focused, you're not really going to be able to understand what the pains are for clients and how to kind of change that in yeah. your business model. I think within any, you know, the, all, all companies should be in a position where they are um, speaking with their clients regularly. Because if you don't speak to your clients regularly, you really don't know what's going on, yeah, right? And um, so I, I think that's that's hugely important that you've got to be doing that, whether you're operating a traditional recruitment business mm. or otherwise. Mm. Um, but I think it's also looking at other industries and seeing, okay, what are they actually doing? And and there's such a focus right now around whether it's an e-commerce business looking at consumers, right? Yes. Whether it's a B2B SaaS business looking mm. at um, companies. Um, how do you really improve your levels of service that you're providing to that? Mm. And how can you utilize technology to enable you to do that? Yeah. And and sometimes that means change. And that's change within an organization can be different. Yeah. But change within industry can also be hard. Yeah. Um, so that's probably the, the challenge yeah. we've got within I, mean, I think it is. I, I think it's interesting. I know we spoke about it when we had drinks at Christmas time. It's like my e-learning business. It's kind of through covid through change you you know you change mm. a different model that can access way more people yeah um and it's just getting people's head around that okay you're not going to do your traditional way of training or developing people yeah, it's just right. letting people understand that but it's also for recruiters to want to change their way of working yeah, as well exactly right? and it's, no, it's the other side it's the whole cycle isn't it yeah um 
Let me just read my other question. Something we spent time talking about in part one was how to maintain strong and consistent relationships with candidates and clients. What have you been focused on to achieve this and has it panned out for you in the business? I know we touched on it a little bit. Mm. Um, is there anything else you'd like to add on to that? Um, not not really other than, you know, I think a lot of it, um, for, for us, that that's probably the core strength of the business. And mm. I think this comes back to, and what I'd encourage companies to look at is if, you want to engage your people that are doing recruitment roles. Don't just put them in transactional desks, right? Mm. Really um, try and enable them and try and encourage them and try and create avenues for them to actually build relationships and partner with their clients because they will feel so much more fulfilled. Yeah. If they have access to someone, they're actually able to consult with them. Um, you know, that's, that's where the stickiness, I think, comes within recruitment because that's actually where we get the value from and that's the value mm. you bring to the client. Mm. Um, and I think that's what we've done well. So in terms of repeat business from clients, in terms of clients dropping other vendors and just using us, um, that's because we focus on the consultation aspect, yeah. right? It's often you have this mentality within recruitment that um, I want to work at 20%. And I'm using this as a, as, a, you know, as, a, as a number. And that makes sense, right? But that's because half your consultants are only making at best two placements uh, yeah. a month. Yeah. So you've got to make that, you've got to charge yeah. 20% because you're paying for that 80% of business they don't actually fill, yeah. right? Imagine if you actually could get more exclusive business where they're partnering, where they're charging 12%. I will guarantee mm -hmm. you, and if they were filling 80% of their jobs, I guarantee you, the rates would be higher, but it's really hard for people to take that mental yeah. shift. Yeah. So I'm not saying price is the thing, yeah. but my question always comes back to, there's also that saying where um, you get what you pay for. Yeah. Well, that doesn't mean you hold on to price and say, actually, this is what you pay for, therefore you're only gonna get something good. Mm. Actually, you look at so many different industries around the world right now, where the price has come down, the scale has gone up and the services remain the same. Mm. Well, actually, how can you do that within recruitment? And that's mm. something that I think we're looking to challenge the status quo around where um, we want to provide you with the best possible level of service. Um, we want to ensure that you're, you're getting the, you know, the most value you can within an organization, but we're going to structure it in a way that enables us to automate certain processes ourselves yeah, which brings that and actually down. enable you yeah. and pass that cost saving on to you. Yeah. Um, but let's be frank, right? If you're working, if you're just working on a desk, um, with the institutions where you're literally churning CVs, mm. you're kind of just in a lucky, you know, it's, it's a, it's kind of, luck does possibly, as much as people that work with me before say, you never believe in luck, Paul, but um, it's kind of like, actually, yeah, you throw enough, yeah. hopefully something yeah. sticks, but are you yeah. really providing a lot of value to your client? Yeah. And actually, from a client side, the flip side, are they really pro providing a lot of value to you? No, is that I, think a good it's a, I think it's a two-way thing, isn't it, in regards to it's just the relationship that's being, well, it isn't a relationship, really. It's yeah, very yeah. transactional, isn't it? Yeah. No one gets anything out of it. Well, see, yeah, I mean, it's, I, I mean we I all hear it, it so exactly. many times with HR, absolutely can't stand some of the vendors that are on there and they're not providing value. The, the HR aren't calling back and providing feedback. And yeah. the recruiters aren't, you know, it's it's just a whole spiral, isn't yeah. it? But neither of those neither of those parties want that for no, each exactly. other at all. Yeah. And I think it's one of those things that you, you get the bigger brands, um, you know, where they'll turn around and they'll say, Okay, and some of the banks. Yeah, we we wanna yeah, we wanna work with you, um, but we're we're pairing back our list, so we're gonna actually give you less fees, we're gonna <laughs> hire more ourselves, there's gonna be less roles, and do you want to stay on the panel or not? And a lot of recruitment firms go, Yeah, we know we still wanna do it, so we're still gonna yeah. work it, right? Yeah. And we're gonna spend so much time on this where they're not actually thinking, okay, what is the objective outside of this, yeah. right? Is, is it a good client? Does it make sense? Yeah, but it also Should depends on relationships away? you've got with that client, right? You know, Correct. if you're only dealing with HR, 
or talent acquisition mm. that are you know that aren't necess- that may not be in the position to be making good decisions. You know, it's just going to be the same old, isn't it? It's, no, exactly. it's tough. It's yeah. really tough. Um, I want to go on to the, my a, a topic like creativity and innovation, well, particularly innovation. So obviously I've known you for a few years and even for people that are listening to Paul for the first time, hopefully the second time because you've listened to the other episode, um, there's so much about future and strategy, that um, visionary type of talking from you. I've always seen that from you, my interactions with you. So that takes quite a lot of creativity to be thinking about what that future state looks like for your own business, you know, when you were previously ambition as well. So where does that come from? Where do those dreams come from? How do you nurture it? Like this, to me, it's a natural thing for you, but where do you think that all first developed? Oh, um, That's a deep question, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, it is a deep question. Um, <laughs> I, I, honestly, I'm not too sure. I've always um, admired and been inspired by companies that, um, have managed to change an industry and and bring more value, and I think that's probably part of it. In that, um, I would rather I, I want to be part of a movement that's bringing things forward as opposed to staying the same. If that makes sense, okay. Um, yeah. That's something that's always been in me that I think, okay, you know, actually, I don't want to be part of the pack and the status quo that are just doing the same things and trying to eke out a slight difference through doing exactly the same model and tweaking it. I'd rather make a bigger impact um, and create something or drive something or be part of a story that's um, taking an industry forward and advancing it from one step to another. And I think that's probably something. Mm. Yeah. And so I think status quo from a personal perspective Mm. doesn't really interest me. Mm. Uh, I think, you know, over time I kind of get bored and think, well, actually I'm seeing this other really exciting stuff going on. Yeah. And I want to be part of that. Yeah. Um, but, but I'm, yeah, sorry. Sorry, no, please. No, no, I was saying, but you know, I may not have the skills to go into that other industry. So, and I actually really enjoy the industry I'm in. So how can I take that and, and move this forwards? Um, and that's that's probably what pushes me to think, you know, there's got to be more we can be doing. Um, and has that come from uni though, like during school or university or friends you hang out with, that it's this, that there, that you could see that that's been demonstrated earlier on in your life? Um, you know what, it's probably, it, it was probably more, no, it was probably um, t- to a certain degree, a number of my mates have uh, or, or sit within that kind of, um, whether it's a fintech or, or crypto or right. um, kind of digital area. And that's always quite interesting because they, they seem super excited about the cool stuff they're doing. Right. So without um, even realizing you've selected friends yeah. that actually drive a passion of yours. Yeah. Or they've of kind of fallen into it over. Yeah. Like uni buddies that kind of fallen mm. into it over time. I think also though, when I was here, um, I was quite fortunate early on that we work quite a lot with, and this is in Singapore. When, so I moved here in 2008 from 2009 um, 2010, etc. We started working quite a lot with eBay, Skype at that time, right. um, and really getting into that kind of online space. Yeah. Um, and that that really interested me. Yeah. Um, and I think then as VCs came into the market and it started to grow, I thought, okay, this is super exciting. Where you're yeah. looking at these companies that are yeah. actually really looking to make a difference mm. um, and that kind of stuck with me yeah it um, has hasn't it because I remember talking to you about that when you was just getting into that when you were ambition yeah. and I, and now it's kind of completely evolved into what this business is and that that passion for yeah. how can we change things how can we I know that the, that word is used a lot disrupt I actually really love the term um, so the reason I wanted to kind of 
talk about that in terms of your leadership style was we're going to do something a bit different in this podcast. Um, so for the listeners, I got Paul to take one of my talent assessments called Clifton Strengths, which I love. Um, and I use it on everyone that I coach. And it's just a really, really great way of seeing someone's talents. Um, and the study for talent themes, and we're going to just focus on sort of the top five ones. They're the ones that you ideally want someone to be um, investing their time into to have huge potential. And those talents sit within four leadership strengths domains for Paul. It's more on the leadership side. So it's executing how he gets stuff done, influencing how he persuades and takes charge, speaks up in a team, relationship building, how he builds strong relationships with others and strategic thinking, how he thinks. So pretty much everyone has talents that sit within those four domains. And some of the talents might sit more within strategic thinking. So you might lead more with with strategic thinking. Um, and I can't even remember where you lead on yours right now. Um, so what I wanted you to do was just to share your top five talents mm. um, and how they show up for you right now in Grit Search. Yeah. Because um, I think that would be, or even in the past. Um, yeah, if you can just share that, that would be awesome. Yeah, so the, the five that came up were competition, um, self-assurance, futuristic, achiever, and significance. Um, and I think probably just to, to give a bit of context, uh, so competition's about, you know, wanting to be the best um, and a passion drive to be the winner. Self-assurance is um, really a willingness to take, necess take sorry, necessary, not unnecessary risks um, and the courage to take on something new, futuristic, looking at forecasts and actually, you know, what, what could the future look like? Achiever is being sort of hardworking, you know, intensity, stamina. Yeah. Um, and then significance is, you know, that focus on excellence. I think, I think for me, it was interesting having done this because these would certainly contribute to the focus of what we're looking to do at Grip, right? Mm -hmm. And I think when when I look at that, the whole futuristic piece is important because mm. we're constantly challenging ourselves on what can we do better? Yeah, yeah what, what necessarily isn't out there or, or is out there, but how can we improve it, okay? Mm -hmm. So it's constantly challenging the status quo. And that, that that's something that I find quite empowering, yeah. um, but it's something that kind of drives me and then, gives us a goal to go for um, yeah. as, a, as a business. Um, but I think it's what I found really interesting is if you hadn't even taken that, we would know that futuristic was one of your top five talents. Mm. Because if you if I just even look back on some of the words that you used throughout the interview this morning, um, everything comes back to, you know, longer term vision, visionary, you know, future um I can't I can't read my own handwriting. But everything is all about that future roadmap and, you know, it's it's kind of what leads you, it, what yeah. drives you, and I suppose what I'd kind of be keen to see, keen to know, is how is your number one talent, which is competition, how mm. does that show up for you as a leader of Grit Search? Yeah, um, I I want Grit Search to be the best um, company that operates within talent acquisition within that particular area of um, digital and tech, and I think that's that's how how it drives me you know I, I look at how can you the, measure that as successful the more clients I can or we can onboard and take where they drop other vendors mm. to me is a, a good sign that we're, we're doing the right mm. thing um the you know the more market share we can continue to take from the competition um you know is is a good thing now generally it's not about um, wiping out the competition, but it's actually showing that actually clients feel that you're providing a better service and solutions mm. than what they're achieving in the market, mm. um, you know, right now. And that's something that um, 
you know, I respect a lot of companies that operate within this space and I respect what they do. Mm. Um, I don't think the model is always particularly efficient and I don't mm. think it's consistent necessarily from company to company. Yeah. Um, and that's what I want to prove, right? So that's something that drives me. Yeah, it's, and but it's also your self-assurance drives you because mm. you can see a few of your talents working together to, to, to get you to where you are as a leader. Because mm. that, that self-assurance is um, just absolute confidence it's going to work. Right, because now you know that failure, you have failed at things, mm. and you know, okay, it's okay to fail. You're you're kind of giving yourself that free space to do that. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. Um, so I find your I find your talents really. Every talent has a weakness, right? Mm. So um, I was giving you an example this morning. My number one is woo, which is winning others over. It's mm -hmm. an influencing talent, and look, I love to go to a to a party, and and I try and meet everyone in the room because I just love people. Um, but unfortunately, I have to dial down my woo sometimes when I'm in a party because there may be some really nice interesting people that are more introverted at the corner of the room that mm. if I don't dial down my woo I'm just never going to be able to reach them yeah, yeah yeah because it's just too overpowering I know when I'm overpowering you know yeah. give me a few glasses of wine and I'm in a party I am wild yeah, yeah. um and so it's knowing that your talents can also be a weakness for you and dialing that down. Just out of interest, out of your top five talents, competition, self-assurance, futuristic, achiever, that huge stamina and pace and significance, which one of those do you think you might have to pull back on at times that could prevent you achieving the goals that you've outlined today? I think, um, I think it's probably the achiever of them. Um, Interesting. You know, I'm... I, I've obviously, you know, I'm very focused on what I want the business to achieve. Yeah. Um, I need to be mindful of, okay, that I, I don't put too much pressure on the team around me right. to that try and achieve that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, where if I'm, it's, it's kind of that expectation. I think this comes back mm. to what, what companies want to and, and how they want to ensure that they're, that people feel it's okay to take holiday or and I was chatting with a, with a client the other day around this, you know, she was saying that, um, you know, the, the, the CEO is great because he takes holiday and makes it very visible that he's Love taking it. holiday and he switches, yeah. he switches off and he does that. Yeah. Right. Um, Set a really great example correct. to others. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, whereas my natural default may be, well, I'm actually, I'm whether I'm taking holiday or at the weekend I'm doing some work or whatever. That's because I enjoy what I'm doing. I'm, I'm focusing on this, but it doesn't mean everyone else needs to do that as but well. But they might see an email from correct. you, right? Exactly. Even though you and don't expect they, them to respond, yeah, you might even put in the header, don't yeah. respond. You still sent it. Exactly. Yeah. And and that's so I'm I think that's that well. the thing that mm. I, I need to be mindful of to ensure mm. that people don't feel that they have to be, you know, running at the same pace as yes, I am. Yes, I think you're absolutely um, right because the, the, the achiever talent is one that – Obviously, it can lead to burnout at times, yeah. but you will always, because I have achieved and I notice that the task is never complete. It's done. Then there's another task. Yeah. Tick. It, there's never an end to that to-do list. And also combined with your futuristic, you're always going to be coming up with new ideas on, mm. okay, what does that future look like? Could we be doing this for that? So it's about, yeah, I think it's really important for you to be able to think, wait a second, let me just ch check in with that talent right yeah. now. Have I? Am I doing what I want to do or is it going to affect the people around me but you might find everyone else has achiever <laughs> you yeah, might yeah. be absolutely fine everyone's just going to be like oh yeah, yeah but i suppose then you have to be focusing on well-being and f exactly. putting structure in place yeah. that pulls them back sometimes because yeah. early stages of a startup there's probably so much enthusiasm right it's yeah. kind of god this is you know new things we're achieving here yeah and then they just reach a point where it's like oh god i'm exhausted exactly right? exactly Oh, it's really interesting. I, I love that one. I'm going to send you some videos that you have to that you will have to find time when you're 
um, going for a run or something to listen to to get to know those talents a bit more. No, sounds um, good. This leads me quite nice onto the topic of mental health, actually. Mm. I know we spoke last year and you're a massive supporter of raising awareness around mental health. Tell me a little bit more about, you know, that journey over the last mm. year. Have you been supporting? In, in what other ways have you been supporting? So it was Rob Stevenson's business, Yeah, correct. It? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, we haven't done as much as we'd have liked um, on that side. And that's been more from, you know, a time perspective. Um, mm. So what we're hoping to do um, with Rob over the course of this year is actually roll out an Asia Leadership Board um, around mental mm. health, which is about getting um, oh. senior executives together. So he's, you know, inside out, I've already launched these in Australia, in, in the okay. UK, in the US. Um, I'm really looking at how we can help get more execs yes. open speaking about you know what, yes. what what you know what what's um you know what's important from a mental health perspective but also what um, initiatives people should be doing in the organization as exactly. it's a lot of talk about it but yeah. actually what are you doing from a yeah. policy perspective yeah yeah no exactly so I think I think that'll be you know that's something I'm really it's looking exciting. forward to doing because now we've got as I say a bit more resource and stuff we can spend some more time yeah. on some of these initiatives yeah um we, we've been involved as a business with with various webinars talking about whether it's mindfulness or or mental health um and I think it's yeah and it's just encouraging within our own business that we're making sure that people are taking that time um mm. to you know look after their own you know mental health yeah because um, i think it's been hard for people during covid it's i know hard, we're coming, yeah. coming out of it a little bit more now but still people aren't doing the big groups or huge interactions they're not working in offices with everyone all yeah, day yeah, so yeah. it's or all week should i say yeah exactly and i and you know i think from a results perspective it's it's ensuring that people know what you know um acceptable results are in a way that you Good know point. um it's a, you know it's, it's those kind of things but no it's something as a business we're um hugely committed to um and looking forward to doing more work in right. this area I can't as wait we go to hear more about year. that I can't wait to that tell me before we get onto the quick fire round tell me um what are kind of your goals for <laughs> you, you'll be on here every year Paul <laughs> if like part three Paul Endicott um what does this year look like in terms of what you know when we sit down at Christmas and have yeah. our glasses glasses of wine yeah um Tell me what you want to have achieved by then. Yeah. So at the moment, our, our focus is really making sure, you know, getting the the talent platform really embedded out there. So we're making really good progress on the in, search in and our side. Um, yeah. in, so in, in Singapore, um, so KL we're launching um, and we should have recruitment, um, our solutions all operating in, in KL, uh, mm -hmm. sorry, in Malaysia, mm -hmm. um, in the not too distant future, obviously subject to licensing. Um, we're in discussions and looking at Hong Kong at the moment as well. Um, and we look to, so I'm looking forward to having, hopefully by the end of the year, our solutions operating in, in Malaysia and, and Hong Kong um, with a view to then launching Vietnam, Indonesia, Thailand, Philippines next wow. year. So that's kind of the, the roadmap. Yeah. So um, there's kind of a lot, a lot we need to do around that. And a lot of that now is just making sure in the first half of the year, we get the structure right mm. and we continue making the, the, the progress that we're making. And, mm -hmm. You know, I will say hats off to the team because they're doing a phenomenal job in in terms of achieving or overachieving everything we're setting so far, which is which is great. Um, so I think that's kind of where we'll be. I think we'll you know we'll have a very good um, client interaction. Mm. You know, we'll continue to build out our client book, um, and that's significantly important because that makes going into new markets much easier yeah. because you can leverage those networks. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then just building out the team and and just making sure mm. we're bringing on really committed, um, focused people that want to challenge the status quo and, and want yeah. to look at how they can do diff things differently and yeah. 
um, maybe be in a, a slightly different environment. I, I mean, our yeah. focus as a yeah. business is, and what I've learned a lot is we're we're a tech business, right? So we're yeah. a tech-led business. Yeah. Um, and a lot of our thought process is, okay, what can we automate? How do we bring more greater efficiencies, et cetera, et cetera, internally um, to enable us to scale and then bring greater value? Um, so the scalability is the important part. So hopefully end of this year, you know, three countries, um, mm -hmm. solutions operating in all those countries um, with a view to then being in a position by the end of the year to then start launching into the more emerging markets. Um, Good luck. I know you'll get there. I have full faith. Um, let's do a quick fire round. I'm just going to ask you, um, yeah, two questions. What talent on the Clifton Strengths Report surprised you the most and why on your top five? Probably competition to a degree because I don't me. think I'm outwardly, mm. I'm outwardly competitive. Um, yeah. But then when we spoke about it then, I'm like, okay, well, actually, this, yeah. this kind of I want inwardly, I think you right? Dull, I think um, you probably really managed it well. Maybe your competition would have showed up very differently if you built your career in the UK. Mm. Um, where it's, I think sometimes you can be quite outly competitive and it's yeah, kind yeah. of accepted out here. It's a little bit, oh, shut up, yeah. um, a little bit more humble. So I'm wondering yeah. whether you, over time, that's kind of dialed down a little bit. It's more of an internal drive for yeah. you. I don't no, know, because I've yeah, never seen possibly. you. I've seen you yeah. as being visionary opportunist, but never competitive. Yeah, yeah. So I found that really interesting. Yeah. But then when we're talking today, it comes out quite a lot, actually, doesn't yeah. it? When no, for in. sure. I mm. think so. There's definitely a chip on my shoulder somewhere. That's hidden in <laughs> no, there. That's it, it always has a negative connotation. It. <laughs> it really isn't. Um, it really isn't a negative. No, no, thing. I don't, no, I don't think so. It's and a really positive talent. It's yeah. just when it's not used in the right way. Um, exactly. It can come out as negative. Yeah. As long as you're winning, it's fine. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, right. Second so, question. If there was one thing in your past you could go back and change, what yeah. would it be? It's not, I think this is this is probably really relevant for people in recruitment to remember right now, right? I, I was in Hong Kong in 2002, 2003, and it was SARS, and I went back to the UK. And the market was terrible, right, um, in, in, in Hong Kong at that point. And I wish I hadn't given up um, or had to go back right. and stayed, right? right? I did because stay. Because that, that, that period, though, between mm. 2003 and 2008 yeah, was cracking. phenomenal yeah. for, for recruitment yeah. and people within recruitment. Yeah. Um, so I think if you're in a position where you're thinking of giving up recruitment Ooh. or going in-house mm -hmm. or doing something different, yeah. right, um, or whatever it, whatever it might, might be, is that one thing will always happen within a downturn is that, you know, hiring is one of the first to be impacted. Yeah. But as soon as the market turns, yeah. and we're beginning to see this in certain areas uh, yeah, now, I th right? Yeah, I think so. Hiring comes back. Yeah. Um, and if you stick it out, yeah. so I, I wish at that point, now I had to go back for, for personal reasons, but I wish I'd have actually stayed yeah. or come back out sooner yeah. Yeah. Um, to capitalize on that growth. Yeah, right? I agree. So, yeah. 2008, 2009 was cracking. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I, I just think yeah. for... For people out there that are feeling that at the moment, you know what, it's it's really tough and, mm. you know, it's a slog every day and I'm having to do these things. Mm. I'd just say have the kind of grit to, to get through it and clench your teeth and just, you know, um, but really focus on being there. Because if you're there, yeah. being there is one thing. It's probably not enough, right? But building those relationships right now, getting out there, building that network. Yeah. There's going to be some people that are going to come out of this and have done that well and do yeah. phenomenally. But in I the also next think it's reframing, right? It's reframing your mind. I think you can look at it negatively. I mean, I have high positivity, so and I think you do as well. Um, so it's easier for us to look at things on the brighter side. Yeah, your number six talent's positivity. No surprises there. And so 
I think it's for people to reframe what last year looked like and bring into this year of, okay, I may not have got, I may not have placed as many people as I had done, mm. but actually let me look at this week and have a different expectation of what I'm going to achieve. Yeah, yeah. You know, it might be, you know, accelerate, you know, I'm going to focus this week on accelerating trust with this particular client I've been trying to break into. You know, what am I going to do about that? I mean, I coached a guy yesterday and we we're talking about clients in the UK and how they're just not picking up on Zoom calls. Mm. They're not picking up on meetings. I said, I said, you're, you know, you're in the construction industry. Send them a keg of beer. Yeah, yeah. My husband's in the construction industry. He would definitely turn up to a meeting if he knew he had four cans of beer on a Friday at four sent to mm. his house. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Right, change it up. You can change it up. Mm. It, again, it's that whole behaviours. Let's just change people's behaviours. Yeah, you know, yeah. clients are still sitting at home in the UK, for instance. But I suppose it's just re-look at what wins are, what they look like, and you will ride through this year more healthily mm-hmm. than than comparing to last year and thinking I'm not going to make my four or 500 grand this year. Well, yeah. maybe not, but you know what you might do is break into some new clients or take some other leaps that are actually positive long-term for your career. Yeah, right? I agree. It's kind yeah, of yeah, 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 looking yeah. at that yeah. as sort of a takeaway. Yeah, and, and don't just sit there and think, okay, well, I'm going to ride through it and then things are going to be different. I think now it's actually, you know, maximize that opportunity because there's a yeah. lot of people that will give up and opt out. Um, and yes. we've already seen, I've seen a lot of people yes. go in-house, yes. right, um, over the course of this year. But it's not going to be any different, um, is it, <laughs> in-house? If, if you're going from really. a group, it's just, no. it's, you know, no. if anything, it's probably, well, you probably don't have as much resources as you would in a recruitment firm. No, exactly. And if that's the case, also look at the quality of work you're doing, right? Be yeah. honest with yourself. And and this goes to, you know, those that are running recruitment businesses at the moment. Also, you know, be honest in terms of what 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 kind of business do you want to be and actually what kind of business do you want your guys doing? Um mm. But I think the opportunity will be there because hiring will come back. And as soon yeah. as it comes back, it's going to be, you know, it's, it's still, you know, it's going to yeah. be very positive. For and a lot I'm talking of to a lot there. of recruitment firms at the moment and it's positive. I yeah. mean, we're February and it's, it's positive. So that's a good thing. So I want to thank you for being on the show again. No, it's been no, awesome as me. always. Um, for anyone that wants to get in contact with Paul, um, it will be on the show notes. So please reach out to him, um, especially if you're looking to move. <laughs> um, and do look out for our weekly Talent Tip Tuesday video series where I tackle a recruitment challenge every couple of weeks. Do subscribe to the channel um, and reach out if you want to be a guest on the show. So good luck for this year. And Gong Si Fai Chime in my lovely, um, not that anyone can see it, but if you're seeing the video, you can see it. <laughs> Over and out. Thanks again, Paul. Cheers. Thanks, Andrea. You have been listening to Talent Talk Asia podcast by The Career Establishment. To learn more about The Career Establishment, our people and our latest thinking, visit us at www.thecareerestablishment.com or find us on LinkedIn, Twitter and Facebook.